Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate, and Steve Kelly. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. I am Steve Kelly, running interference for Lauren Tate. <laughs> I'm his blocking dummy on this edition of the... You're a blocking dummy? I'm a blocking dummy. <laughs> Doesn't take much talent to get into that role, but that's where I fit. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Lots, You're good. Lots to talk about uh, this morning. Some basketball news. Illinois to play in the Jimmy V Classic. Yeah. Texas, Madison, huh? Madison the Square Garden against Texas. Iowa will play Duke in that same event. That comes up on December the 6th. Did you hear the report out of Iowa? They said that Coach K resigned rather than have to play <laughs> Iowa. I don't know if that's true or not. You think it is? <laughs> you don't know if it's true or not, right? And, uh, yeah, so that'll be the Jimmy V Classic. Um so Illinois schedule, some of the games coming uh, uh, about there. Ty Rogers makes the USA under-18 team. Yeah. One of the final 12 on that uh, roster. So he'll have a busy that's month a good, of that's June. That's quite an accomplishment. It really is. He'll have some uh, good experience in June playing with them before he gets here. The Atkins Golf Course is open for play. Today is the first day for that. The former Stone Creek layout over in Urbana. The layout is a little bit different. The holes are the same, more or less. The, they made a few changes, but uh, we had a chance to see it a couple of days ago. And if you're looking for a place to play, uh, there are open tee times today and tomorrow. And then from now on, over at Atkins Golf Club in Urbana, high school softball, girls softball, uh, the season will continue with a third-place game for the Unity Rockets. They lost to Freeburg 9 to nothing up at the uh, state tournament in Peoria. Muhammad Seymour in Class 3A beat uh, Chatham Glenwood 5-4. to That was for a sectional championship, so they move on. And the Unity plays a game later today for third place. Second straight year, they're trying to get a uh, state championship uh, trophy uh, of some kind or another. They, they'll try to get a third-place trophy. They had fourth place last year. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals beat the Cubs yesterday 14-5. to They play two today. Let's play two, Lauren, and and you'll start one game and I'll start the next. That's about well, what it gets down is to. Is there a starting pitcher on either team today with the Cubs and Cardinals? 
or all is this going to be strictly bullpen? Yeah, I think it's going to be strictly bullpen. At least for the Cardinals, it is. They called up. Uh, that's crazy. A doubleheader of a bullpen. That's just crazy. Well, that's kind of what happens when you get those rainouts. Uh, Cardinals are starting um, Palante, who's a reliever, in the first game, and the Cubs are starting Swarmer. I don't know much about him. Uh, in the second game. Uh, Oviedo is called up from Memphis to start for the Cardinals. Yeah. And the Cubs are starting Killian in the second game. So there's sounds like bullpen game for me. All those guys have well, Palante has a record of one and oh, but that came in relief and everybody else has got their records of zero zero. So that'll be uh how it Everybody's goes. Everybody's trying to protect their pitchers. It's 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 uh you know, there's just so many pitchers injured. I guess it's, you know, you get to 100 pitches and somebody throws 115, and oh my gosh, get him out before he hurts himself. Michael has threw over 100 yesterday. I think he could pitch indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's. I, I, have you ever seen anybody that, uh, and there have been pitchers like him that just don't seem to be straining at all? Other pitchers just, you know, are all out on every pitch. But he's, he's very, uh, you know, got a call? We're going to talk to. Uh, Women's basketball coach okay. for the uh, Fighting Atlanta, Shauna Green, here in just a moment. Give us a chance to uh, talk things over with her. Let's welcome Shauna Green to the program, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. You're, you told me the other day you get a little vacation here, a little time off. You've uh, kind of hit the, hit the ground running since you uh, took this job, right? Yes, it has been since, well, I don't even know how long it's been now or, you know, how many weeks we've been at it, but uh, it's been it's been a whirlwind. It's been absolutely, you know, nonstop since the day I took over, and, and you know, we're in, a, we're in a better place now than we were when, when, we, when we got here. So, yeah, I'm actually heading, heading out of town for a few days, and then we come back, and the girls will be here, and we'll get, get rolling with uh, summer, summer school, summer workouts. Talk a little bit about the the roster rebuild and how you feel about that at this point. You know, I feel really good about it. Uh, I think we addressed a lot of uh, things that we needed to. Obviously, we kept uh, five players from last year's team, and and I love that group. They worked extremely hard uh, in the couple months that we were on the floor with them and are super excited, bought in. um, And I I expect big things out of that five, you know, that, that five core group. And then, you know, brought a lot of different pieces in we brought in a you know a couple couple other guards um and some size as well and and six three and then we just uh, signed a six six uh kid the other day and obviously we have you know our freshmen coming in um so excited about where we're at you know and and again just ready to get on the floor with them and start putting it all together and and having it having it you know mesh together well this is lauren sean i, I... Coach Underwood has a kind of the same problem in, in starting over with, uh, I mean, how do you approach that when you have so many new pieces that aren't used to playing with each other? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like it's just a new coach coming in. I mean, essentially we have an entire new team, right, and, and people from all over and different programs coming in. Um, so we just take it day by day, and, and we're all going to be new, um, you know, Obviously, I, I have a couple kids coming with me from Dayton, so I think they'll have the most, you know, they'll be the most comfortable in terms of our system and, and expectations of just how we approach it daily. But And I'm going to expect a lot out of them to, to be leaders and to help the other guys out and, 
you know, but we'll take it one day at a time um, and, and really just build from the ground up. That's the only way to do it is if we're going to set our foundation with our skill set, our fundamentals, and then we'll progress into worrying about systematic stuff, offense, defense, but we have to have the, the you know, the skill set there and, and the, the, the fundamentals in place before we can do anything else. Coach, uh, we always get around to talking about NIL at some point, name, image, likeness, chance for players to make an extra buck. Uh, and and it, it seemed like I, I'm, I'm at fault at this too. We emphasize football and men's basketball. What about your team? Do you see uh, any chances and uh, that, uh, that you'll be able to uh, take advantage of that? Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and some of our young women are already have some, some deals from, you know, last year's team. Um, and, and they're doing well, and we're just going to keep trying to progress as we learn more about it, as more opportunities are out there. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to take advantage of it, and, and I think it's, you know, anytime our players can, you know, make some money from it and, and, and you know, help them, uh, we're going to try to try to do whatever we can to, you know, to, to add to that. So uh, they're definitely going to have some opportunities for our new people coming in, and like I said, our Returning players already have some things uh, that they received last year and, and deals that are continuing. You know, when this thing started, coaches and athletic directors and members of the department had to stay clear. Now that rule may have changed. or oh, Has it changed for you? Are you able to get more involved now uh, under the new uh, state rule? Yeah, we're able to get a little bit more involved. Um, and then obviously, the, you know, our people in place on campus are able to be a little bit more involved. So, you know, I think that's going to help. And, and it's still a learning process, right? Like we're still, I know I'm still trying to, you know, learn exactly what you can do, what you can't do. And, and, and luckily, you know, with, with our leadership, you know, we have some really good people in place. And, and Josh has been very forward thinking about getting people in place um, to try to facilitate a lot of these things. So, um, you know, I think we're in a good position and, and just got to try to keep pushing it so we can get even more deals for our, for our women. Talking Illini women's basketball with head coach Shauna Green. What's the response been like out there on the recruiting trail and in high schools in Illinois and then out of state as well as you try to get this program rebuilt and turned around? You're getting a good feeling from the greetings that you've been getting from the high school coaches? Yeah, we've gotten all great, you know, great energy, uh, a lot of excitement, uh, great response, you know, from, from in-state and then across the country, really, you know, we're obviously a, a big thing is we got to, we got to recruit Illinois, um, but we also have to still continue to recruit, you know, from all over the country and, and essentially all over the world in order to get the right pieces that are going to fit uh, what we're looking for and how we want to play. But I've been very impressed with the response and, and, you know, the openness to, you know, just the, the vision that we have and, and how we're going to do it and what we want. So it's been all, it's all, you know, everything's been good so far. Coach, what's the schedule look like early next season before you get into big 10? Yeah, it's, it's almost, it's almost complete. So we're going to be home, you know, we'll be home a lot. Uh, I think we have a game at Missouri. Um, we're going to be playing in a tournament down in Vegas. Um, you know, and, and we scheduled accordingly for, you know, some of the games were already on there, but then we scheduled accordingly for a, for a new team. Uh, we didn't, you know, it's not like we're going to be playing, you know, five top ten teams in a non-conference. You know, we got we to gotta get a good feel. We got to get a good rhythm, hopefully, in this non-conference. 
so we're prepared and ready to go into an obviously very tough, you know, Big Ten schedule. So I think it's a good mixture of, of you know, some challenging games and then some games where hopefully we can just worry about ourselves and, and get ourselves in a really good place and, and that chemistry and, and confidence going into conference play. Another couple of minutes with Shauna Green. In the past, most recent history, Illinois has kind of struggled at the center position on, on the women's basketball team. You've, have you uh, made an effort to get some more size in here? Yeah, I mean, obviously we signed, you know, Bryn Pill from, from Dayton, who's 6'3", and can play the four and the five, and one of the best shooters there is out there. And then we just, you know, signed a, a junior college player that's 6'6", um, and and just her size alone, you know, and I think her ceiling, she's, been, she's only been playing basketball for about five seasons. She comes from, you know, one of the top JUCOs in the country and, and also has some experience at the Big Ten level at Rutgers. So I think she's still a work in progress. But like I always say, you can't teach size in a presence down low. I know we've had at Dayton the past couple of years, we had a 6'6 kid down low and it makes all the difference in the world in terms of how we want to defend and rebound. The offense will come. If we can have our bigs defend and rebound and be a presence and alter shots, then, then they're going <laughs> to, they'll help us out a lot. So uh, we definitely address that and, and we'll keep trying to address it. Tell us a little more about what happens now after you have a couple of days off and the, the uh, athletes start arriving. What uh, is the summer plan? Yeah, so our players will move in next weekend, uh, June 11th and 12th, and then we start summer school up on the 13th and get everyone through testing and, and cleared to go. And then Wednesday we'll start up uh, with strength and conditioning workouts as well as on the floor. So uh, we'll be with them. You know, we get eight hours in the summer, and we'll split those four hours with uh, basketball and four hours with Kylie, our strength coach. And um, for the first two weeks, we'll keep it like that. Do a lot of skill work, uh, a lot of fundamentals, a lot of just teaching, you know, our terminology, what we want, um, and then we'll progress into, you know, more systematic stuff in terms of our offensive scheme and and uh, our defensive scheme. Is this a period we're in right now? Is this an open period for recruiting? We can recruit. Uh, it's not. There's no events right now, so I mean, people can come to to campus. Um, and, and have officials and, and unofficials. Um, and then July hits, and we're out pretty much, you know, there's two weeks in July where we're out and we're at AU events um, all across the country uh, recruiting there. So we are actually at this couple, last couple of days, I went out to Colorado Springs uh, to recruit at USA Trials. One of our top recruits um, actually from Illinois is playing in that. So. I went out there for a day for that, and then my assistant coach has been out there the last two days. But otherwise, we will not be out on the road recruiting until July. Speaking of uh, your assistant coach, uh, you got the staff all pretty much lined up the way you want. Yeah, we got we got everyone uh, everyone in. Uh, I love my staff. You know, a lot of familiar faces and, and familiarity with with what we do and how we want to do things. So which allowed us to really hit the ground running, you know, when there's not a lot of teaching in terms of uh, what I want and we all know each other, we can just get out there and work. We can get on the floor and, and, and coach our kids. We can recruit the way we want to recruit. So it's really made that transition very smooth, uh, keeping keeping the staff together and people that have been with us before. Shauna, we appreciate your time. Good to see you the other day out at uh, the Atkins Golf Club, which is open today now for the public. And, uh, 
enjoy your time off, as I said, and we'll see you when you get back into town. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, and, and you all have a great day. You too. That's Shauna Green, Illini women's basketball coach with us on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, 915 is the time. We've got the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Other guests scheduled on the show. Coming up at 930, we'll visit with Jeremy Werner from IlliniInquirer.com. Mike LaTulip at 10 o'clock. Kent Brown will swing by to visit with us, talk some U of I sports uh, stuff on this Saturday morning when he uh, comes in. And all throughout those uh, times, we'll have the telephone lines open, 217-356-9397, if you'd like to join us. Cardinals and Cubs again today and tonight, 1220 today, 615 this evening. The White Sox play the Rays again after uh, losing 6-3 to last night down in Florida. The White Sox are 23-27 and on the season. They've lost four straight and are three and seven in their last ten. Before you get off baseball, I just want to go run down. Tell me what's happening. Cardinals scored fourteen. San Francisco scored fifteen. Philadelphia got ten against the Dodgers, uh, against the Angels. Arizona eight. New York Yankees scored thirteen. Minnesota scored nine. Houston scored ten. And I'm not going to go on. The six and sevens are all over the place. That's just average. What's happening? Is the pitching running out already? Could be. Or and is the ball more lively or is just the power? Well, we were, we were thinking the ball was not lively there yeah. for a while. Well, that Did was a, see what's happening when, when it warms up. Exactly. Yeah. And the wind blows. Of course, mm-hmm. the wind blows when it's not warm, too. But uh, the wind was a factor yesterday at Wrigley, no doubt. But yeah. uh, that's a good question. We'll kick that around that's a little a bit. That's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of runs scoring, and yet the batting averages are low. Right. It's, it's hit or not. You know, Strike the, out the, or the hit a home run. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll talk uh, talk it over. And uh, if you want to join us, 217-356-9397. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is back after this. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. Moving up on 920, and we're heading towards 11 o'clock on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. Steve Kelly at your service, 217-356-9397 is the phone number. Talked a little bit of basketball there before we talked um, Illini women's hoops with Shauna Green. Ty Rogers making the USA under-18 team is... Really a neat experience. Iowa DeSumo did that a few years ago and turned out pretty good for him. And he got uh, he kind of earned his spot on the team. I don't know the way Ty Ty Rogers did too. They they're just team guys, and you know uh, Iowa yeah, he, led him in assists. And I think Ty's going. I don't know if Ty's going to start, but he's going to be one of those guys that you can bring in and you don't have to worry about him defensively. He will rebound, and he is a playmaker uh, for a big guy. He he's very good on the dribble and kick. And um, he can penetrate. Now, we, don't, we haven't found out about his shot, and I, I brought this up before. I'm not sure. But um, I think that shooting will not be something that he will emphasize initially. 
But I think that a guy like that, when you bring him off, you, you don't necessarily, when you bring guys off the bench, you don't necessarily want them shooting right away anyway. I'm going to put you in the Wayback Machine. All right. Just about four years ago. Four years. You sat right there with me and wondered about Io DeSumo's shot as well. Sure. Yeah, oh yeah. I think you wonder about every freshman's shot coming Oh, in. yeah, I think that's right. Although, yeah, and a lot of it is how you adapt to playing conditions. Curbelo is not a horrible three-point shooter in practice. Right. You can watch him out there before games, and he, he'll make them, and then he goes and gets in the game, and he, he can't hit 20%. You know, I mean, he's, he's just had two terrible years shooting, and the conclusion is he can't shoot. <laughs> well, someday he might fool you. And uh, I think Io, Io wasn't a bad three-point shooter. He just wasn't a... He wasn't a 38% shooter uh, initially when he came in. And I think if, if you can get up in the high 30s, that's more than satisfactory. Now, last year, Grandison, by the way, shot 41%. He won't be coming back. But he was a good three-point shooter, very good. Do we know for sure he's not coming back? We know he's in the portal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and he's got a, a bunch of schools interested in him. Yeah, I, One on there bothers me. Which one? Michigan. Michigan, yeah. <laughs> You know, Michigan bothers me about Pete Nance, too. Yeah. Pete Nance, I mean, Michigan's making a real push for Nance, apparently, based on what I read. And, of course, Illinois I, has been with uh, after Nance all along for months now. We've, we've uh, anticipated and not known, but anticipated he would come out of the draft and be available. And he is available right now, and he's a hot item as uh, teams in the Big Ten look at him. Of course, uh, Grandison's got teams on the West Coast, teams out East. He's got them all over uh, interested in him. USC, BYU, UCLA, DePaul, Arizona, Iowa State, Michigan, Kentucky, Oregon, Duke. Yeah, I'll say. Those are just some of the 40-plus schools that initially contacted him yeah. when he went into the portal. So. 23 game starter last year, and yeah. when he was when less he than effective it, late, it really uh, it really he, affected the team. When he got hurt, uh, Illinois lost a two pointer to Indiana, and then they lost to uh, Houston in the second round. So, without him, basically without him, he he played three or four minutes in that one game. But but uh, he, he wasn't he wasn't ready, and and since has had shoulder surgery, Steve. Yeah. So I'm not sure his status right at this exact moment. Plus, when you look at him, I, I get the question. Almost every day. Hey, what are you hearing about Grandison? Is he going to be back? And I said, Well, have you looked at what Brad Underwood has done and what he's got at that position, uh, the wing position? There wouldn't be as many minutes for a guy like Grandison, most likely, uh, than he got last year. So I think that's a factor. But uh, he'd be a key pickup, uh, not only here, but anywhere else. He has got a really good three point shot. I heard, I'm still astounded to hear that he shot made 38 in a row in practice at one time 38 is unbelievable from the three-point line that's <laughs> he shoots it like a free throw but he doesn't shoot it high nope. he doesn't get up like plumber and he if if you make a concerted effort in your scouting to put a man on him who sticks with him tight he has a problem getting that three-point shot off and that's the problem, and that's why he didn't score 
uh, high in, in a number of games because they, they were able to, to basically control him. It's almost like the like the old-time set shot. He, he jumps mm-hmm. a little bit, but not much. If he could get open, he could score. So we'll keep an eye on what uh, Jacob Grandison does. There's certainly some... Uh, some interesting teams on that list, and it makes sense. Kentucky, he knows, he knows some guys there and a couple of assistant coaches. Grandison and Hutcherson came together, and now they're going together. Right. And Hutcherson, uh, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> and uh, there's still things that could happen, obviously, in the uh, portal. You mentioned Pete Nance, uh, the Courtney Ramey conversation still out there. Otherwise, uh, if you don't get a guy like that, uh, then you're going to see a, a, a freshman presence at the, at the point guard with uh, – Clark and Epps, mm-hmm. are you handing the keys to them? Maybe so. Well, I think I think Sky Clark's going to get a real shot at it. Yep. A healthy uh, Sky Clark is su- supposedly <laughs> he's capable, but again, if we're talking about uh, a freshman playing point guard, and you look around, if you see somebody else with a freshman point guard, you think, well, maybe he won't be ready. And, and you think about that at, at, uh, all freshmen really, and uh, we'll see. You know, I'm sure that. One of the trickiest jobs that uh, Underwood has had will be piecing this team together. Uh, that's what, what I brought up to Shauna Green. Uh, when you have all these different people coming, different ages and, and different talents, and they're all coming together, how do you work that out? And then that's going to be uh, his job. That's why he's getting the big bucks. That's right. And uh, with all the other elements of uh, – the NIL, is, is somebody getting more than me and that kind of thing? you got to figure well, out that. Yeah. By the way, speaking of NIL, did you see what Ryan Day said at Ohio State? Yeah. How many? $13 million. $13 million to, to just to operate his football program. Yeah. He needs that in the NIL. Yeah. Because all those guys he's recruiting expect big bucks because they can get big bucks thinking, other places. That's only 13 guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way they spend money over there. But uh, – yeah, of course, they've got uh, the big budget anyway, but that's what he said. And he said, I'm not trying to – he said that at a business meeting where potential we need, donors – We need you guys to right. give us $13 million so we can piece together a team and only give them a few thousand apiece. You don't have <laughs> a few to – hundred thousand. You don't have to give it to us today, but we'll take it. If, if you have, <laughs> happen to have it ready or you have your checkbook with you, <clears throat> that's interesting uh, – with Ohio State and uh, what they're trying to do NIL-wise. When you have the coach himself, all these years, donors been giving money to players with the coach kind of staying out of it because it's illegal. It was illegal. Now you can have a coach walk up to a donor and say, this is what we need, and that's just what he did. And they've, you know, they've got 50 or $60 million dollars <laughs> Uh, the football brings in over there every year. So yeah, uh, yeah. maybe more than that when you throw the TV stuff and all that stuff yeah. in there. So they've got it's a the, big difference. I know uh, uh, football revenue for Illinois is a lot different than football revenue in the state. I, I think uh, I, I was going to give you a number, but I probably did it wrong, so I'll stay away from it. But it's uh, it's a it's a big difference, and that's that's what puts uh, that's why Ohio State's able to give some money back to the to mm-hmm. the uh, university. And I think. And I haven't done research on this because I don't really pay much attention to the details of what everybody else is doing NIL-wise. But I think, and I've said this before to you, I think it, it appears to me that that Josh Whitman and Illinois and the coaches are oh, yeah. you know, they're out in front on this. Yeah. And uh, maybe they, 
They didn't like it uh, coming in, but here, okay, here it is. Now figure out a way to deal with he it. He hired Cam Cox real yep. early, and, and, and that's a guy that's really on top of this thing. Illinois is way ahead. We know, we know they're ahead of Michigan. We know they're ahead of Michigan State because those players on those school, at those schools have actually complained about it. And uh, I think that Diavati, in turning pro, was torn because he was upset because he wasn't getting more money uh, through the NIL. Now he might have got had he stayed, who knows what he might have gotten. But the problem here's the problem, and I I'll bring this up again: the players on your team aren't going to get as much as the guys you're trying to induce to come, because you have to take you have to go all out to bring the guy in therefore you're making promises there you don't have to make necessarily the promise you're to the players yeah. they're already starters on your team and you saw Houston and Diabati leave Michigan and you've seen I'm reading stories uh, out of East Lansing that you know that Izzo is not thrilled with this whole idea of the NIL and and they they're not getting they're not getting the transfers and the players that he was formerly getting. But Rogers is one of them, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's from Michigan, Saginaw, right? And uh, and Rogers uh, probably has got an NIL deal here. I don't know what it is, but I bet you he does. I think that uh, you know, not being too crazy about it is fine. Is one thing, but you that's gotta, the way it is. Got to live with it. Either maybe as those ready to pull a uh, Jay Wright or a Mike Shishovsky or. And, guys like that and, and just hang it up who knows yeah. maybe it's a younger man's game well it's it's a it's a connivers man's game <laughs> it's a <laughs> connivers game you gotta you gotta work with your donors and you gotta you gotta do it if you want to get the best players who was the who was the big uh, donor up at, with the fab four what was his name oh i forgot his name He's long since deceased. Yeah, but, he, uh, he, yeah. this, this would be a heyday for him, wouldn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he could do it legally. Yeah, exactly. 9.30, phone line is open, 217-356-9397. We'll take a break and talk things over with Jeremy Warner after this. Stay with us. It is 9.33, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lawrence Eight, Steve Kelly with you. We do have the phone lines open if you want to jump in. Jeremy Warner is with us from 247sports.com and Illini Inquirer. Jeremy, how are you doing this morning? Uh, doing well, guys. In the middle of potty training weekend with the career. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, that's big. You need a break from that. We, we won't keep you too long, but uh, hope that goes well for you. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate the thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've been through it once, so you'll be okay this time, will you? Yeah, second time around, second kid syndrome, right? Yeah, there you uh, go. A little more laid back with everything. Right. Well, we're, talk to, we're kind of all over the board today talking uh, Illinois stuff, Major League Baseball stuff. We'll, we'll hold off on the baseball for a moment, but we got the news last night about the Jimmy V Classic, another game on the uh, Illinois basketball schedule to play uh, Texas on December uh, 6th at Madison Square Garden. Ty Rogers makes the uh, USA Under-18 team. Jacob Grandison has a lot of suitors, it appears. So uh, some stuff going on in what's supposed to be the downtime, right? <laughs> no downtime anymore. That's right. And, uh, Steve, I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is you kind of look at losing Jacob Grandison uh, a couple years ago. That would have been a huge blow to Illinois. But it was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense for him. makes sense for Illinois to move on. And, you know, all of this stuff, whether it's Illinois getting invited to the Jimmy V Classic or, you know, even the Roman main event um, or, or the roster they put together. You lose Kofi Coburn, a two-time All-American, to the NBA. And, 
yet you still have a roster that people think can compete atop the Big Ten. It's just a reminder of even just a year ago when Kofi was in the draft and in the transfer portal and you know all of the coaches, the assistant coaches left Brad Underwood. For Illinois to be in this spot, I think is a huge credit to Brad Underwood, uh, to now his new staff. But this program certainly is in a in a different place, and uh, you gotta you gotta credit the lead man for a lot of that. So pretty amazing uh, how far Illinois basketball has come in the last couple of years. And I know it took a long time to get there, but uh, I think Brad Underwood showing this off season that, that they aren't going away anytime soon. I think you agree with what I said earlier about uh, Illinois being out in front on this. It appears, and again, I say that with the caveat that I, I haven't looked at exactly what everybody else is doing, but seems like uh, Illinois has a handle on it. Yeah, I, I just think Brad has done a great job of adjusting. Uh, do I think he loves the transfer portal and all this? Uh, no, because he likes developing talent. But I think unlike, you know, you look at Tom Izzo, and I, I, I like parts of Michigan State's roster, but he hasn't gone in the transfer portal. I think that's a team that – if they added a transfer to could be the the front runner in the Big Ten because I really like their backcourt. They got a couple good forwards, but they don't have a a Big Ten big man that, that I think you want to go to war with. So uh, I think he's kind of been stubborn a little bit. You know, Matt Painter has not added a lot through the the transfer portal. I think Painter is a phenomenal coach, but Purdue, whether it's NIL, whether it's you know transfer portal. I think that's a team that's kind of missing the mark this offseason. Then you see a team like Brad Underwood or I think Chris Holtman, Ohio State's done a really good job of resetting his roster. I think he's just done a great job of adjusting to what this is. And I think Illinois, the, the program, and Josh Whitman and Cam Cox at, uh, in the NIL coordinator there has done a great job of trying to be ahead on NIL. Uh, and, and Illinois certainly has the fan base to step up on those things to – help you and players like Sky Clark or, or Matthew Meyer or Terrence Shannon. Well, Jeremy, this is Lauren. Uh, you're all over the uh, recruiting uh, in football, and I know Bielema's got at least 10 guys in this weekend. What can you tell us about the group that he has in, and, and uh, where do you think Illinois is, uh, stands in terms of uh, getting some early commitments? Yeah, it's a huge week, Lauren. they got three of their commits. Uh, on campus, Caden Fagan out of uh, Atwood, of course, ALH, and then TJ McMillan out of Wheaton St. Francis. I just did a feature story on him, just son of a football coach, and uh, he's, he's a really good in-state prospect on the offensive line. And then Zachary Amland out of uh, New Jersey, an offensive lineman. So they got those three here along with 10 uncommitted guys, and it is a very important weekend for Illinois. If you remember, a year ago at this time, they had 17 kids on campus, 12 of those ended up uh, signing with Illinois. So it was just a monster weekend. They're trying to do something similar. But the headliners here, guys, are some in-state kids. Jair Hill out of Kankakee in my neck of the woods, four-star defensive back. Illinois has done a great job recruiting him. Uh, but Michigan is, is a major player in there. And he's got offers from Notre Dame, Oregon. But Illinois was the first to offer. Uh, they've done a great job recruiting him. But can they close on him? Can they get another top five in-state prospect? The other one is Malik Elzey, wide receiver out of Chicago Simeon, another kid. Illinois has done an unbelievable job recruiting, but now it's time to close. Can they beat Michigan? Can they beat Notre Dame, Tennessee? Uh, Cincinnati is in the mix there, right? Some, some programs who have had a lot of success. So the in-state sell, I think, is, is going well for Illinois. They already have three 
of the top 20 prospects in state. But can you land another top five kid like Jair Hill or Malik Elzey? I think this weekend uh, will go a long way towards that. Uh, and then a couple other kids, Brandon Henderson, an offensive lineman out of East St. Louis, I think they're doing really well with. Pat Farrell, an edge rusher out of St. Rita in Chicago. There's only a Power 5 offer, but I, I think those guys Illinois is sitting pretty well with. Uh, but the other one that people should know is Illinois might have its quarterback in the class of 2023. A kid out of Oklahoma, Cal Swanson, you turn on his film, and, and he's an elite uh, escape artist in the pocket. Uh, he's got great speed. Um, you know, he's got a solidly strong arm, but he's kind of underrated or under-recruited at this point. No other FBS offers, but Illinois seems to really like him. So I don't think he's a guy who starts his first year, but it would be Barry Lunny's first scholarship quarterback. So I think they have a great chance to close this weekend. And I think if you're Illinois, by the end of the month, you'd love to have you know five or six uh, more commits on board. And I think a lot of those would come from this weekend. We talk about recruits, you know, and, and a lot of people think that might have. It really doesn't affect the team. This is, you know, you know the their freshman year. Do you do you see right. m- many, if any, freshmen playing this year for Illinois? Freshmen who are many of whom are already on campus. Yeah, Lawrence, well, a good point. I, I don't. I think there's a couple guys in the backfield that have a chance. Like if, if Chase Brown weren't here, yeah, Lawfrey <laughs> would have a good chance of playing. But when you have Josh McCray and, and Chase Brown, that's a good problem to have is, is Jordan Anderson and Aiden Lawfrey have a little bit more time to develop. I do think a wide receiver is going to make an early impact. And Sean Miller seems to be the one that the coaching staff points to. I think Ian Pugh and Ashton Hollins are going to need some time. Hank Beatty's got a chance to, to make an early impact. Um, Owen Anderson, a tight end. You know, they, they could probably use another receiving type tight end. And Owen Anderson uh, was here early. I don't think anybody on the line. You know, Brett Bielma has talked about Jared Beatty or Gabe Ackes, two really impressive looking outside linebackers. But they got some veterans there. Um, and maybe there's a defensive back that can get into the mix. But, no, I, I don't see huge impacts out of the freshman. But I do think with, with the need for playmakers, especially in the passing game, a guy like Sean Miller or Owen Anderson or even Aiden Lawfrey is, is kind of an all-purpose back. I, I think those guys got a chance because Illinois certainly needs some more playmakers. Before we get off the tight ends, do you see Ford stepping up as a receiver, more as a receiver this season? And we know he's a solid player, good blocker, quality quality member of the team, but the last couple of years, uh, not many catches. Yeah, I think what Luke Ford, why he's got the NFL interest is he's a great blocker. Um, now, can he take that next step? That's why he's coming back. I think Warren, he probably would have been a late draft pick or an, an undrafted free agent and been in a camp. Uh, I think the NFL sees the, the talent there, and, and he's just a really, really good blocker. Can he do it as a receiver? We'll have to see. Does a new offense coordinator help him? Does, does a different offense help him? I'll tell you this, guys. I think Tip Ryman's really good. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think a former walk-on, it would not shock me if he had more catches at the end of the year than Luke Ford because because Tip had some really good plays last year. But um, this is this is Luke's time. This is his last year probably at college, and he think he's got two years of eligibility if he wants it. But he's been here a while, right? And yep. uh, now is the time to, to really step up. So I think they want to see more consistency out of him. But I think he's got an NFL future. It's just is that an NFL future as a late draft pick, free agent signing, or is it as a potential guy who could be a, a third-round pick? I, I think he's got that ceiling, but – uh, to your point, Warren, we just haven't seen that. So it's time to prove it for him. 
Talking to Jeremy Werner, let's take a call from Jacksonville, Florida. Mark's been hanging on, wants to say something about NIL. Go ahead, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, wasn't that Ed Martin? Yes. That was the yeah. At Michigan. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the name. Okay. Yeah, and then I find it ironic that the uh, people who were paying players for all those years, forever, under the table now are complaining about NIL. And you hear a lot of that from Michigan basketball, as a matter of fact. Well, yeah, I think there's been some of that. Yeah, I, I, what we hear might not be what's happening in the background, though. We we don't really know how many people, uh, how many Michigan players have are being taken care of that way, and and uh, that's the problem in in these discussions. It, it is pretty much secret information as to how much each guy's getting. And well, was I'm sorry, Lauren, wasn't Hunter Dickinson one of the ones that was complaining publicly? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, have, have you heard, uh, Jeremy, have you heard any Dickinson complaining about NIL? Yeah. Well, Dickinson has complained that Michigan doesn't have everything in place to, to kind of you know okay. take advantage of the NIL. Uh, he's also voiced that you know, Terrence Shannon couldn't get into uh, school due to their academic requirements, which uh, I know Illinois fans have, have heard in the past, but uh, Illinois worked to get Shannon in here, and uh, NIL has been a strength for them. So I think Dickinson just feels like Michigan's um, leadership in the university and maybe the athletic department has just been dragging its feet a little bit uh, on NIL, which I think uh, I think Josh Whitman, Cam Cox, and, and all those coaches get credit for being a, a little proactive here at Illinois. I think that's right, and I, de- I definitely heard that Diabati was – one of the considerations that Diabati had before he turned pro was I think he felt like that, that the NIL wasn't helping him sufficiently at Michigan. Now, it was one thing he mentioned. He didn't say, they're not helping me. He just said right. that was one of his considerations. Anything else, Mark? No, thank you. Yep, appreciate the call. 217-356-9397 is the telephone number. If you'd like to jump in, Jeremy Warner is with us for a few more minutes. Let's go back to... Illinois basketball, it seems like he's loaded, Brad Underwood loaded at the wing position and may be loaded at the uh, guard position. We just don't know yet because those guys are young. So he's got uh, he's got some decisions to make, but a nice problem to have. Yeah, I mean, think about the, the roster change we've had in the last just couple months, guys. It's pretty amazing to add two of the top transfers, whether you rank them top 15, top five, top 20, uh, Illinois has two guys with NBA potential uh, that they've added this offseason to the wing. Uh, and then you add, of course, a five-star prospect, top 30 prospect, however you want to say it. I know he's a high four-star now, Sky Clark. Uh, but then you see Ty Rogers. And, and I, when I saw him up in Chicago, guys, play Kenwood, I said, man, I want that guy on my team. I don't know if he'll ever be the leading scorer on my team, but I just think he's going to impact winning in such a high way. And now he makes Team USA. I think Jaden Epps, if he didn't have Sky Clark, he'd feel pretty confident uh, about Jaden Epps being a, an impact freshman guard who can, who can score the basketball. So just credit to the staff for, for being able to, to reset this. And, you know, not that it's all going to completely be um, easy right away, because I, I do think there's, there's questions about who's, who's the go-to guy, who's the leader on this team. How does all these personalities mesh? Because I would imagine somebody's going to be unhappy. Right with, with the playing time and how who handles that? How do the players handle it? How does the coaches handle it? And I do think it could be a little clunky early on, but just talent-wise, guys, depth-wise, I, I think this is 
one of the better rosters uh, in the Big Ten, and it's a different style roster. I think that's important. You know, like Purdue is kind of running the same thing back that haven't worked in the NCAA tournament, might work during the regular season. Uh, but I think Brad Underwood, after the last couple of years, said we have to do something different. We have to look like these teams that are more versatile, that play faster, uh, that are more athletic, longer. And, and he certainly accomplished that this offseason. Uh, Jeremy, uh, there were concerns at the end of the season, right at the end of the season. Coleman Hawkins, I don't. Did he play at all in the second half of that final game against Houston? I don't. I don't think he did, but. I, mean, I, I think he played, but he sat for a while. But uh, Curbelo sat for the whole second half. I yeah. know that for sure. Okay, but I well, think Hawkins came back at some point. Did you have any concerns personally uh, that Melendez and or Hawkins might not return at, at the conclusion of the season? I, I think in this day and age, Warren, you got to worry about that with everybody, right? And and you wonder how those guys are going to react when you know they they positive. They've been positive <laughs> outwardly, but. You know, Terrence Shannon is is going to start. Um, that that's a potential starting spot. That you know now Matthew Meyer comes in. Are they going to start Shannon Meyer, Haw- Hawkins, and Dane Danger? That means R.J. Melendez might come off the bench. Uh, he could still play twenty plus minutes off the bench, but you know how do those guys react to it? Um, yeah, I think you were more concerned right after the season. You definitely were concerned when, when Coleman was kind of. You know, very vague um, about, you know, two, two couple of days before uh, the, the deadline to enter the transfer portal. He was saying he was still kind of thinking about his options. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just asked him bluntly at one point, do you plan on coming back? And he didn't really – he said, yeah, I plan on it, but we're going to see how everything goes. Um, that That's just player empowerment now. But I yep. think Brad Underwood added the kind of pieces that, hey, if Hawkins or Melendez doesn't earn a spot, then – you, you deal with it because you just keep adding talent so that if, if somebody's unhappy, well, I got Luke Goody and Ty Rogers that can play for me in, in the mm-hmm. front court that will we'll be okay. So uh, I think Brad Underwood's done a really good job of that, but you know, yeah, I, I think the, the deadline or the May 1st deadline every year is going to be very interesting for every team. But there's no, there's no deadline to come out of the portal. Is it? I, I mean, they, they can decide right. wherever they want to go, whenever they want to, do that and they can agree yeah. with wherever they're going so there's still stuff that could happen yet yeah and, and hey a player could still enter the portal now he just have to sit out of here right um, so so i mean you could still enter the portal if you're upset but it just doesn't make any sense for anybody at this time but i think it's a great thing for illinois to have this kind of competition because cream's gonna rise and if coleman hawkins thinks he's an nba prospect he can prove it every day in practice against matthew meyer Terrence shannon and I think Hawkins can play with all these guys. I think Melendez, it only makes him better to play with all these guys. So um, they just got to hash that out during practice and, and, and gel, and I think that's going to take uh, probably a lot of time. Okay, Jeremy, uh, as far as – can Shannon play the two? Yeah, I think so. Um, you Do know, you expect him to? At this point, if I were filling out a starting lineup, I think you got to say it, it's Sky Clark and – and either he or Jaden Epps, and then I go Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins, and either Dane Danger or R.J. Melendez. Now, I'm not of the mindset that Dane Danger I can plug in for 20-plus minutes a game because he's only played nine minutes in college, and I kind of like the idea of Hawkins at the five. Are you undersized against Zach Eady? Yes, but every team is. Um, you know, Some teams could take advantage of that, but I think there's so many advantages that – you can take advantage of uh, with other teams that are slower, that aren't as long as you. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Shannon at 6'6", 
he's not going to be able to create off the dribble maybe as well as uh, Sky Clark or, or Jade Nepps. But I do think he can create off the dribble a bit. I think Matthew Meyer guys can create off the dribble a little bit. RJ Melendez has to prove that. But when you have a lineup Warren that's two through, you know, two is six foot six, your three is six foot nine, your four is six foot ten, and maybe your five is Dane Danger at six ten, or you take Danger out and you have a six seven RJ Melendez or a six seven Luke Goody. Um, I, I think though that would be a really tough matchup for most teams in the Big Ten. Maybe Iowa is is a team I think could kind of match up with that length and athleticism-wise. But, yeah, I think Terrence Chan isn't the strongest ball handler. I think that's his next step. But I think that's why he came to Illinois, to play that kind of role. What do you hear on Pete Nance? Where is he going to wind up? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd be surprised if it were Illinois at this point, given what they have. I, I don't know if Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins would love it. I, listen, I'd add Pete Nance and, and deal with the consequences of it if, if I were Brad Underwood because I, I think he's that good. But I tell you what, I would think Michigan's got to be desperate for somebody like him. North Carolina makes a lot of sense given what Brady Manick did there. Um, you know, Gonzaga would have made a lot of sense if Drew Timmy wouldn't have come back. But I, I think everyone kind of expected him to come back. But I, there's got to be so many teams uh, that, are, that are highly interested in him. And if I were Illinois, um, I, I would still want to try and add him because I think if you add him, I, I'd have Illinois as the Big Ten favorite. And I think he can play with, with all these players that we're mentioning. So uh, I would still try to add him. But I, I think it would be doubtful at this point. They seem Illinois seems to be looking more for that backup five or a rotational big. Um, because I, I think they would have loved to have kept Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. And, and you saw how – Many power five teams were involved with him, but I think they'd love to have somebody they can just rely on as, as a rebounder, as a solid defender, as a, as a solid passer uh, that could just give them, you know, 10, 12 minutes a game. We'll let you go with this. Baseball talk. Oh, no. Baseball <laughs> question. <laughs> Jeremy Warner, a White Sox fan. Uh, uh, how are you feeling about Tony La Russa these days? <laughs> My question, exactly. Uh, well, Tony is not the only problem, but I think no. he is a problem. Uh, <laughs> injuries are a huge problem. I think development uh, is, is becoming a, a concern. Um, when I see guys like Yohan Moncada, who are, are so talented that just, you know, I know he's had his injuries, but you've got to develop him better. He's just not giving us anything. I think Rick Hahn deserves some blame here. I think the offseason where you're going with guys like Josh Harrison, Kendall Graveman, uh, and uh, Lurie Garcia, spending $20 million on that guy, those guys, instead of just, Hey, re-signing Carlos Rodon. Um, I, I think Han deserves some blame, but I watched the Phillies guys um, fire a manager who is not working, uh, <laughs> and I, I just don't understand why the White Sox continue to go with this. Well, I do understand. It's it's uh, the ownership. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, his biggest mistake, he feels as an owner, was firing Tony Russo 40 years ago, so 40 years later he hires him, and uh, it's probably too late for that. I just The lineups he puts out every day don't make a lot of sense. I don't think it puts his team in best positions to win, but the White Sox have plenty of other problems at this point, too, uh, mainly being injuries, and, and we just can't score. Uh, we are just an awful, awful offense. So I still think this team, long-term, has a lot of potential. I don't think the window is closed, but uh, I think they've squandered things the last couple of years with their off-seasons and then with their managerial hire. Well, Lauren was asking me about uh, what I made of all the uh, high-scoring games, and you're talking about an offense that you feel like can't score, and the Cardinals are both. Well, <laughs> they, they can't score, score a lot of points one day and then you know, a lot of runs, and then <laughs> and the next uh, one. Is it just the, uh, the, the weather heating up, or did they tweak the baseball? People were complaining about the baseball early in the year. 
Well, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I know the Cardinals have played two more games, but you guys have scored 256 runs, and we've scored 181. So I think uh, with your two MVP candidates, you guys are doing pretty well. But the difference is you guys got depth. You, you develop things, and you just make strong offseason moves and uh, keeps you in contention every year. And uh, you can deal with these losing shirts, right? It's baseball. It's going to happen. And, and the White Sox still are in a division where I think they can uh, make up ground here. But, you know, 50 games in, our, our friend Mike Claiborne always says, by flag day, you are what you are. Uh, flag day is what, eight days away? And I'm yeah. feeling very good about my White Sox right now. Our friend uh, Steve in Princeton has a question for you, Jeremy. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Jeremy, you want to talk baseball. What about Michigan baseball? They're an amazing story. They beat Oregon last night. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, sorry. I you am know, not watching Michigan baseball. <laughs> and uh, the NCAA tournament is closely as you are. Sorry. Well, they're scoring but I, just, I mean, they just, they've just come together all at once, like they did a few years ago when they went all the way to the championship game. And, uh, you know, I, I can't explain it. I All I know is that uh, – they whipped Illinois, and they went right through the tournament. And so you know, they had one guy caught uh, fixing the ball, I guess. I don't know what he was putting on. Putting his, stuff in his glove. Yeah, it's, yeah but I, I tell you that baseball is really hard to grip. It, there's just no seams. The seams are sunken down. You know, the seams used to be so high on the ball, you could you kind of grip your fingers around it and spin it. But it's hard to spin this ball. But um, – in any case, Michigan's uh, doing a great job. The, I, he, that, that player was banned for what, three games, four games? Three what? or four. It yeah. might, might have been four, yeah. Do you remember, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, it was, it was three, I believe. Yeah. What's amazing, guys, is Michigan's – I just looked it up. Michigan's pitching was 12th in the Big Ten with a six seven nine ERA, and now they're doing this in the postseason. So go figure. Yeah. Hey, Steve, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Jeremy, we appreciate your okay. time. We'll let you get back to your weekend project there, Jeremy. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy Warner with us. If you missed the beginning of Jeremy, he was doing some potty training on okay. his uh, newest youngster up there. So that'll be fun. I'm still working on that. <laughs> you, you get, get, get yourself potty training? yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something like that, but you, you beat me to it. So we'll That's let right. you go with that. <laughs> uh, well. Whatever you got to do. Uh, you need to go. This is... It has nothing to do with potty training, but you talked about the seams on the baseball. Yeah, maybe you, as an old pitcher, need to figure out a way to make that work. And then you can go and make a, a tour of the major league and the minor league systems and show those guys how to do it. <laughs> when the seams aren't there, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. to, you know, it's hard to grip the ball. I mean, it's just hard. To, the curveball is is much harder. If you can throw really hard and the ball comes out of your hand a certain way, where it's got a spin on it. That's you. You saw Thompson yesterday pitch for the Cardinals. Uh-huh. The difference between him and Libertor is Libertor's fastball, while he throws hard, he throws over ninety for sure, but it's fairly straight. But sometimes it's just the way the ball is released, and it's hard to change that. I mean, it's hard to whether it's four seam, two seam. You've that that without the without the seams on the ball, it's. If you can throw really hard and it comes out of your hand right, you can still get movement. So why did they quit? Uh, why did they change the way they make baseballs? Well, I think they, I think they felt like those seams made it, it gave the pitchers an advantage. Well, don't you? Well, I mean, the breaking ball is much easier to throw with seams that you can grip. 
if the seams are at the same level as the ball, you know, as as the cover, and you and you and you can't get a a grip on it that way, it's it's the breaking ball is just harder to to throw. Okay, I mean harder to get rotation. Nine fifty eight WDWS doesn't seem to hurt Wainwright. <laughs> no, he can still throw. He's figured that out, and uh, at least for. Uh, the rest of this season, we'll see how that goes. 958 WDWS 939 FM, Champaign Urbana. We're back with hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, What's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, What's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hour number two. We're here until 11 o'clock this morning. Thanks to our guests in the uh, first hour of the show, Illini women's basketball coach, Shauna Green joins us off the top. We talked about 20 minutes with Jeremy Werner from Illini Inquirer, leading off hour number two with basketball analyst Mike LaTulip, former Illinois guard. How are you doing, Michael? Doing well. Doing well. I'm, I'm happy to keep talking about this crazy offseason we've been having. <laughs> Is there such a thing as an offseason anymore? There isn't. There isn't. There's fireworks, right? There's <laughs> fireworks the entire offseason. So I'm glad we're sitting here in early June able to talk about some pretty cool stuff. Well, one of those cool things that happened uh, just a week ago last night when uh, Matthew Meyer of Baylor, formerly of Baylor, announced that he's coming to Illinois, and uh, that's official now, and he's here. Tell us more about him and what you think about him wearing the uh, orange and blue with the Fighting Illini. It's an incredible pickup. I think you, you look at these teams throughout the year, right? You're watching a Baylor, you're watching a Texas Tech, and you say, hey, where can we get guys like that? Uh, 6'9", versatile, guard multiple positions, switching. It's, it's what wins in March. It's, it's how these teams raise their floor in March. And a guy like Matthew Meyer, I actually think there's so much untapped potential with him, not only just the way that he can shoot the ball, but uh, his size, his versatility, and the way he puts the ball on the floor. I think one of my favorite stats with Matthew Meyer is he came off of 50 ball screens at 6'9", and had an 8% turnover rate so follow me here the turnover rate the way it's calculated it's by 100 possessions right so extrapolate that to 100 possessions he had an eight percent turnover rate so eight out of 100 times he would turn it over off a ball screen that's incredible that's it's better than most point guards to be honest so i think if you're brad underwood you're salivating because it's there's so many spots that you can put him into and look at baylor he you know these are teams that featured bona fide nba talent i think illinois has NBA talent on their team, but I'm talking guys that were first-round picks the following year, so he kind of fell a little bit deeper into that lineup, and just when Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell 
and you know Maceo Teague left on that national championship team, you reload with Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sochan, two first-round picks this year, and James Akinjo, who, who's one of the better guards in the country. So this is an opportunity for him to step up, to have an increased role, to have increased minutes. Because this is another thing I'll say. Last year, and I would to- fully expect a guy like Matthew Meyer to play about 28 minutes a game this year, he played 28 minutes or more four times last year. Never cracked 30 and never cracked 30 in his career. He's never played 30-plus minutes in a game in his career. So there's so much more to be seen there from this guy. And, Mike, and I, 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 before you get off that, he brought that up. When, when, when he was asked you know, about leaving, he said, I played 15 minutes as, uh, as a sophomore and I yep. played uh, 23 minutes last year. <laughs> he obviously knew and wasn't happy about it. Yeah, and I think this is an opportunity for him to find a balance, right? You want to go to a team where you're going to be able to play those type of minutes but play those type of minutes and still win games, right? And that's, I think, the, the youth on this team, as well as some of the guys that are returning for the Illini, it's, it's how he was able to strike that balance between finding a spot where, hey, I can play, I can play my game, but I can play in a system, in a program that's, that's kind of primed to continue to win games here. And how does he see he and uh, Shannon fitting in? I mean, you see them both in the starting lineup together, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, and, and it's the things that you can do defensively, uh, it's pretty incredible. I think you can start to, to really get aggressive on, on ball screens defensively. I think you can switch even more defensively. And she, Terrence Shan's another guy. You talk about playing 28-plus minutes like he's probably going to have to do this year. He did that eight times last year. So, uh, so much to see out of these two guys. And, and you know, the, the biggest question mark with Shannon is, is can he stay healthy? I know he had some back issues last year. Um, they seem to be rectified by the end of the year, but – um, putting them together, the versatility that you have both offensively and defensively, and it's two guys that thrive in transition. Great athletes, long. Those are the guys where if you can be aggressive defensively, create turnovers, force tough shots, you can rebound and you can go. And the last part that I'll say is you want to play fast. The, the way that you play fast is getting guys that can get the rebound and don't have to wait around to outlet the basketball. You get the rebound and you go. And you can, you can put five guys on the floor for Illinois this year that can do that. And as much as Kofi brought to the table, I think we know that he's not a guy that you want rebounding and busting out transition. Well, you talk about, and, and a lot of people talk about the length and, and such in, in basketball players these days, But and we're talking about that with these guys, the way the roster shapes up. But how would you like the quickness, the potential quickness of this team? Yeah, there's you have that in droves with, with all these guys that are coming in. And I think – that's the way you want to formulate this. I think you can watch those teams over the years that, that possess that, that have the quickness, that have the speed, that have the athleticism. You can't replicate it unless you have those guys. And that seemed to be the template this, this offseason for Brad Underwood was how can we go find those guys? And he did. And, and I think he's, you know, if you were to give him a grade, it was an, it was an, it was an A offseason, that's for sure. Now comes that next step of, of getting these guys acclimated because that's always going to be a process. How tough is it going to be for Sky Clark, uh, Jalen Epps, Sincere Harris to come in and play the guard positions and play significant minutes as a freshman? Yeah, look, you're, the minutes are up for grabs. You lose your top six or seven contributors, that's typically a recipe for disaster for a lot of programs. But these big-time programs, the Kentuckys of the world, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, they have to reload every year losing guys to the draft and losing guys to the transfer portal that are maybe – unhappy and and that's exactly what this illinois team did i'm looking at sky i'm looking at ty rogers cynthia harris jade nets there's a lot of opportunity out there but i think for a lot of these for a lot of these 
freshmen, the guys that are going to give themselves the chance to play the most on the floor are going to be the ones that guard. And, and, and who guards consistently? Who guards most, most often? Who can we keep out there with, with great defensive lineups and not have any drop-off? And I, so that's, that's where I look at Clark and Epps and, and Harris. That's why – and Rodgers, too. Rodgers and Harris are probably the guys that – you know, I know a lot, a lot of us talked about Jaden Epps and, and Sky Clark and Rodgers as well, but Sincere Harris is the kind of the forgotten guy in that class where what he brings defensively with his length and his speed and the way he's versatile – I think he has an opportunity to play a lot of minutes, and it may be it may only be thirteen, fourteen a game, but you know to be able to put him in different spots where you can rely on him defensively, that's always a freshman's ticket onto the floor. Always, can you defend? Can we keep you out there? Is there no drop off? And that's where these minutes are going to be up for grabs, and that's where they can be taken from these freshmen. Mike, uh, talk about danger, and can he give you better out court defense than Kofi did? Remains to be seen, right? I, you know, Dane Danger, as much as I want to go and watch his film from Baylor, there isn't much. And I think you, you treat him basically as much as a, a freshman. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's had some college minutes here and there, but he is a true freshman in the sense of, of not really playing meaningful minutes in college basketball. So I think he's more versatile than Kofi. I don't think you have to sit and drop coverage, meaning, you know, falling back into the paint as a guy comes off a ball screen. You can be more aggressive. You can You can switch. You can hard hedge on ball screens. Uh, you can corral on ball screens where, hey, maybe there's a really good guard that you just want to stay with him until he gets rid of the ball. Danger goes back into the paint. You can do those things with, with a guy like Dane. It seems like Fletch has done an incredible job uh, of getting that, you know, that body weight down to where he's more mobile because you're going to need to be mobile on this team because if you want to run like, you, like they say they want to, you can't have this lumbering big that's, that's struggling to get over half court to keep up with the pace. So, he seems to be that athletic and have that type of speed. And, and there, you're going to have the ability to play him in a lot of different spots, but there's still the unknown factor. There's the unknown factor for a, a lot of aspects of this team, but especially a Dane Danger. He's getting rave reviews and workouts and practices that they're having right now. But, you know, Lauren and Steve, you, you know and I know that when the lights come on, it's a little bit different. So can he translate that? And if he does, I think it raises the ceiling for the team. Another unknown factor with not only this team, but with any basketball team, I, I would guess, is – how many guys can you play when you get down to it? What's the, what's the optimum number there for the rotation? Yeah, every year, you know, you look at the you look at the roster and say, there's 11 guys that I think can play real minutes. We all know there's going to be about eight. Right. <laughs> it's going to get shaved down to eight. It's going to get shaved down to maybe eight or nine. And you know, from there, it's going to uh, it's the old Pat Riley saying, right? It's eight or nine, eight or nine guys in the rotation and then it ends up being five guys that I trust. So who can be those guys at the end of the game? And there's going to be just an, there's going to be an audition that extends past preseason. This audition is going to go into the season to see who we have, what lineups work, and it could be ugly early. You have the talent to win games, obviously, but you can't skip steps. There's always an acclimation process. So um, how that gets shaved down, and it could, it could ebb and flow throughout the season, um, I think in the middle of early, maybe early February, late January, there's no way we thought Coleman Hawkins was going to be the contributor that he was at the end of the season. So you're going to have some of that. Some guys fall off, some guys step up. Um, so it's all going to be the guys that are consistent throughout the year. Uh, so that's why I, the most fascinating thing about this roster is to see how that all plays out, who steps up, who's a leader, because that part that I mentioned just right there, the, the leading aspect of it, that's a big question mark. You lose six or seven guys, Frazier's gone, DeMonte's gone. Who's going to step up and be the, 
the, the guy who leads this team. You want it to be a guy that's a lead guard like Sky Clark. You want it to be a guy like Terrence Shannon or Matthew Meyer who has experience winning games in college basketball. But another, just like the minutes, the, the leadership allocation is going to be up for grabs as well. Talking to Mike Latulip, this uh, roster reorganization, it looks like it's going to, with the uh, portal and NIL, it looks like it's going to be a yearly thing. It's almost like free agent basketball, isn't it? It is. It is. I'm a sucker for NBA free agency, and I now I can get my fix in college basketball. I, I have basically no skin in the game to be following the transfer portal as much as I do. <laughs> I became part of my routine in in April. I was I, I hate to use the word addicted, but I was pretty close to being addicted to it. Just to just oh, to see. You oh come on, Mike! You're addicted. <laughs> We're all addicted. <laughs> I think it's safe to say because no matter who comes available. You're always theorizing in your head, what's the best fit? Do they fit at Illinois? Where could we fit them in? And, you know, I, I think when you see a guy like Terrence Shannon come available, a guy like Matthew Meyer come available, you know, gone are the days of hoping that Illinois can land a guy like that and them going elsewhere. Those days are here. And, and, and this staff has proven that year after year, I mean, give Underwood a lot of credit, Frazier, uh, you know, Jeff Alexander, but Tim Anderson. Geez, I mean, you talk about one of the better hires that you could have made. How late that came in the summer last year, yep. and and you wouldn't even say in the moment that it was like this crazy resume, big splash hire. But then when you look closer, the the ties that he has to Chicago and NBA pre-draft and, and Mean Streets, I mean, it's it's paying dividends now in big ways because those assistant coaches that have those relationships are the ones that can really really help you build a program. So kudos to, to Underwood for. We're going after a guy like Tim Anderson because he's he's been he was worth the wait when as we were waiting on that third assistant last year and, and he's shown and he's proven to be one of the, the the bigger names and assistant coaches on the recruiting trail in college basketball. Are you putting uh, together a team for the uh, TBT the basketball tournament this summer? It's been a struggle. Uh, a lot of conflicts with NBA summer league. Um, you know, a, a lot of conflicts with, with guys' schedules, extended stays overseas. This is just the life of that tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, year after year, you kind of have to keep going back after and seeing if guys are available. And sometimes it lines up, sometimes it doesn't. It's not looking promising right now. You know, we may have to wait until 2023 to make sure that we have guys. Because I think the other thing for me is I want to make sure that I know we've had some guys that aren't, weren't necessarily Illinois alumni and I want to keep you know if we continue to do this I want to have Illinois alumni Um, and I want that to be the bulk of the team I want it to be all the team the whole team so you know as we go through year after year you know I I don't want this to be a half and half thing if we're going to do it we're going to do it and it's not looking likely here for 2022 but the hope is to turn around and and field an alumni team for for 2023. Do you think the tournament will go on though or are other um other entries having the same problems yeah it's you see every single year um you know it's a team that can play for three years and then maybe has to take a year off because of the things that i just mentioned and uh, i know kansas had a team a couple years ago they were one and done they played once and then they didn't play anymore i know there's just been some teams over the years that you kind of pop in and pop out depending on schedule and um you know part of that's finding out what works for these guys and uh, that's great if you have four guys that are committed that want to come back every year, but can't field the team with that. So, um, and, and then with the transfer portal too, it makes it difficult because there's there's guys that you think you may have available that all of a sudden go transfer elsewhere, and now they're not necessarily right. Uh, you know, as much as they 
played for the Illini, wore the orange and blue, they, they may be more closer to being for their other team now. Than, so it, it makes it tough, but year after year, we're, we're going to keep reevaluating and, and figuring out a way to, to roll a team out there. But, Mike, but this year, we may be a hiatus. <laughs> if you don't win, do you make much money? Do you make any money? Well, that's the other thing, too. You, you, you don't. Um, but we always want to make sure that if we're going to do it, that we take care of these guys, making sure that we have the funding for it, making sure that they don't have to worry about taking money out of their own pocket. We take care of hotels. We take care of travel, flights, all that stuff. Um, so it is. It's, it's a massive undertaking. But, um, you know, but year after year, we, we, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, but we want to make sure that it makes sense every single year and that we don't just roll out a team of three Illini guys and five non-Illini guys because I want to make sure that even for the fans that, that tune in that you're like, okay, I, I think I know who these guys are on the floor. Uh, we, that's what we want to build it to is eight to ten guys on that team that you say, hey, fond memories watching these guys. That's, that's, that's what we want to do with that, with that tournament. Besides being addicted to the transfer portal, <laughs> that's, that's not a full-time gig. What else is keeping you busy? Uh, you know, a lot. We just, uh, I just recently moved to Indianapolis with my wife, so going to be a little bit closer, going to be able to pop over to Champaign a little more often and hopefully catch a few more games, you know, be around the facility a little bit more, see some practices and workouts. And uh, so it's exciting being back in the Midwest, spent the last couple of years in Tennessee and Texas, and um, it feels a little bit more like home. So uh, doing that and then obviously have my full-time job uh, recruiting for a, a startup recruiting agency out of, out of Austin, Texas. And um, so been busy, but uh, but basketball never stops, right? I think we're the fact that we're talking here in early June, I think that's a um, telltale sign of it. Hey, Mike, appreciate your time. As always, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. You bet. Mike LaTulip with us there talking basketball on this edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. And the folks at the Pella Window Store want to help you find the perfect window or door plan in advance, though. There's uh, some supply issues, in case you hadn't noticed, it's affected that industry as well in windows and doors. So plan down the road, whether you're looking for uh, new or replacement windows or doors, the best place to start is with a visit to their showroom at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. That's where you can see the products in person. Pella is rated number one by Champaign homeowners as the window brand that can uh, improve the value of your home. And the Pella experts know all about what type of window or door works best in each unique situation. And working with them is an easy process. They'll be there to help you from the very beginning all the way through the process right up to the installation. Again, can't emphasize enough the lead time. Keep that in mind when you're looking at a project like this. Learn more about the styles, materials, options at the Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive. Check them out online as well at PellaOfChampagne.com. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturdays by appointment. 1020, we'll take a break. Be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Moving up on 1023, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks to Michael Tulip for kicking off Hour number two, we're bringing in a cleanup hitter here in just a moment. We do have the phone lines open the rest of the way. If you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397. Kent William Brown is with us. Good morning, KB. Good morning. What a day. Did, what I, a get day. The, did I get the W right? You did, yeah. I thought I knew that. <laughs> Maybe that I forgot it's in it. In my but... email, I think. You know, <laughs> it was one of those things that was assigned to me back when I signed up for KW email. Brown, yeah. Yeah, that was the, that was the deal. 
Got his Cubs hat on. Got to got to appreciate that. Got my Illini Cubs hat that was given out Illini night a couple weeks ago. Oh, let's see that. It's that, got an orange C yeah, on it, a little I on the side. Yeah. So okay. very popular when they hand those out that night. How did that go that night? You know, the, the the event was great from an Illini standpoint. The Cubs didn't win, which made it kind of a downer. But, um, you know, Coach Bielma sang the uh, seventh inning stretch. And Shauna uh, Green, who you had on earlier, uh, threw out the first pitch. And I kind of uh, pressured her. And she was going to throw from in front of the mound. I kind of pressured her. I kind of was like, you know, you can't throw in front of the mound. I mean, you can do – you need to step up to the rubber. This is – how many chances do you get to do this? And she's like, oh, really? You know, so she, I, I kind of shamed her into going back to the mound, and she threw a strike to no across the plate. She did a great job. So that was fun. We had a good event ahead of time. It was free. We had a lot of Illini fans who showed up. And, um, you know, all our events. I, I tell you, the um, the events that uh, the tailgate tour that's gone around so far, we've had stops in, where is it, Springfield and Quad Cities, uh, Belleville. I was in Belleville. Uh, we've had good crowds at each one of those, a lot of energy. Uh, people are excited about being out and seeing, you know, getting to see the Illini coaches and uh, staff who who can show up at those events. I think we still have Rockford, Winnetka, Peoria still on the on the on the schedule. Well, it's been a while since anything like that was done, and maybe maybe never to this extent. Well, we used to do a we yeah. used to do a, a caravan around right. the state, and there used to be golf outings involved with mm-hmm. them, and it's evolved over time as uh, the numbers have kind of waned and gone back and forth and then the uh, pandemic <laughs> pandemic shut everything down right. for a couple of years right and so um it you know it's been a very uh a nice outreach to our fans and our fans have responded well to that with more than a couple hundred at each stop and that's you know some of those are kind of maxed out at in the facility you have so um it's it's been really really good so um i'm sure we'll we'll do it again next year back to the uh Illini night at wrigley field is it a Bucket list item for you to sing the uh, seventh inning stretch someday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you want to do that? You know, I've been up there in that booth many times with our coaches, and uh, it's they all come back, and, you know, as much as they're in the public, they say there is nothing like looking out, <laughs> and there's 30,000 people or 40,000 people looking back at you, and you're doing something that you are not and trained to do. you're not a singer. Yeah, and so uh, I will say this. Coach Bielma uh, – practices for this and he does a pretty he keeps a pretty good tune way better than almost anybody oh i heard somebody do the do it just the other day and i don't know which day there was the worst i've ever heard (laughs) there are some people that really can't carry a tune so anyway i think uh i think uh coach b's uh Growing up in Prophetstown, I think his parents probably put him in the church choir or something. Anyway, he can carry he can carry a tune a little bit, and so he practices to make sure it's done. Uh, you know, my my bucket list would be to throw the first pitch. There you, you know, go. I always yeah. said if I'd, I'd take my glove out, I'd come yeah. to a stretch. I'd probably check the bases. You know, uh, shake off the catcher, shake off one time. You know, <laughs> throw my cutter up there and see what happens. I think so. if I if I did the uh, Singing, I would do a Harry Carey and go, a one, a two, take. <laughs> take it away, folks. And hang the, hang the microphone out of the window. <laughs> you know, we did the White Sox uh, the, the, you know, the next week, uh, and then we have the Cardinal. We have a line night down in St. Louis in early August mm-hmm. uh, where we'll take a group down there too. So we had the Brown Brothers were the uh, featured guests in, in, uh, yeah. for the White Sox game. So it's Canadians. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, the, the, uh, the Major League – uh, clubs in our area take care of us very well. They're they're always happy. They're you know and they're hey it, it is uh, I don't know you know the the 
the number of people who are buying tickets, and the Cardinals have had good crowds uh, this year so far. I think they're second or third. Um, it, it's you know the return from the um, pandemic has has hit everybody, and it is not uh, a, a sellout like it used to be. An automatic sellouts for these things, and so they're really having to work at promotions and and marketing and trying to get. Uh, more and more people coming. I don't know. You know, I, I'm a Cubs fan, so I watch the Cubs games, and almost every night they're doing a promotion for a special hat. You know, you buy a ticket, you get a special hat, and there's all kinds of different. They have Shark Week coming up. They had all kinds of different ones that were that they're selling with tickets, and, and they're trying to, you know, get people to come to the stand to the to the games that, that uh, haven't for a couple of years. It's, it's getting people back. Kent, there's a lot of stuff going on, and you've been at some meetings, uh, I believe, in the last few days, and there's – negotiations going on and there's background stuff on alignment and all this what can you tell what's what's going on behind the scenes these days <laughs> well josh would be way more better of course to answer this because there's a lot he of might fun. not tell us and though. he won't I, I can't either because i'm not you know those some of those are conversations are really at the ad level that's why they're behind the scenes that's behind the scenes <laughs> you know um right. you know there's a lot of attention given to the television contracts uh that are going to be uh coming very soon i think mm-hmm. um I don't know when those are going to be announced. I, I know that they're they're working with all the parties involved. That it's, was it's after next year, right? I mean, yeah, this next se- this, this next season, season will, will be continue as it is, but moving forward, starting in the twenty three twenty four academic year, there will be a new packages out there, mm-hmm. and we don't really know exactly yet where that's going to land in terms of the networks. Um, you know, there could be a streaming option, well, right? That's and what so I, that's, I wanted to ask you. What, is, what does that mean? A streaming option? Does that mean Amazon? Does that mean could, okay? Let's Disney just say, or? for instance, it could be maybe it is something like Amazon. And if you have the Prime, Amazon Prime, right? You have the uh, the television package that goes with that. And so some of our games could have, or Big Ten games could appear on Amazon Prime. Now they did some NFL games already, so they've gotten they've dipped their toe in. I think they're going that, but it could be Apple TV. It could be. Uh, you know any any of those, but I mean that's that's the these wouldn't get them. prime time though necessarily, or would they? Listen, Lauren. At this point, I mean it's everything's on the table, and everything okay. has a, a a price tag probably, and and it, you know where can you um, what can everybody swallow? Uh, you know the different nights of the week, those games. You know those are there's a value to that. Uh, it's obvious that Big Ten sports is very valuable it's the only one that's open right now the you know the the big ten's in a great spot because of what's happened with the sec what's happened with several of the other networks or or networks and their properties right so sec just left cbs cbs wants to stay in the college football game you know we're out there uh you know there's the pac-12 and the and the big 12 are coming up in the next couple years you know so there's going to be some some juggling that's going on and people may be moving around a little bit. So, but yeah, it is a, it's a very uh, unique time and the big Ten's in a great spot because of the value of, of live sports. And that was very proven very highly during, during the pandemic, especially. Got our text line open as well. That number is two one seven three five one five three five seven, And a question on the text regarding the new turf at Memorial stadium. Was there any consideration of putting grass back in there? No, no, <laughs> that that ship is gone. Eh? Yeah, yeah. In today's world, I mean, it, I just, it just wasn't. I mean, it's it replaced that. I mean, to, you know, now you got to tear up everything and start yeah. all, all over again. But right. um, I don't think there was any real consideration for that. Well, how many baseball teams have artificial turf now? 
Boy, that's a great question. I don't I, know. I not many, if any. Do, do you know of any? You talking major league baseball yeah. teams? Probably. The, yeah, I'm the, talking major league. Dome, I mean, a lot. Of, but I mean, I, those that tried it have gone back to grass. Yeah. Right? That I know. I don't know. You yeah. see more on the high, on the college level these days. You really do, yeah. and and you're seeing entire fields, right? Yeah. So Illinois field will be uh, up for replacement soon, and you know, right now um, they're replacing. They're they're sewing. Uh, stitching together the panels and stuff at Memorial Stadium. Um, when that's done, they're going to go, I think, the the uh, new softball and, and baseball indoor facilities, they're going to be able to install uh, the the, the uh, surface in there as well. Um, and then I think next year the indoor facility, practice facility, gets a new, new, uh, new surface there. You know, those last about 10 years. Now, the indoor can last a little bit longer because it's not – Exposed to the elements like the out, like the stadium turf is, um, and and well, you, you know, don't you don't think you need a new uh, football surface until you see this one and you realize how much sharper it looks right. than, than the well, old. Well, and the other thing is, you know what you saw the pictures you saw and as bright as it is right now, you know when they put the infill in, which is the sand and the rubber pellets, it does oh, dull it a little bit. Okay. It will, but it does look very bright right now. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But you know that the dark pellets and things that goes in because those strands are about three inches long. And then they fill in all the, the stuff that makes it spongy and, and feel like real ground, real grass. And, uh, yeah, it'll dull the color a little bit. It is uh, 1033. We're visiting with Ken Brown. Need to take a break. We'll do that now and come back. Have the phone line open if you'd like to join us back after this. 1035 is your time on this Saturday morning edition of the I Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Ken Brown is with us. Before we get off the uh, – turf and projects like that it's not as easy as saying you know what let's just change the turf and it's it's time to do that Brett Bielma was talking about it the other day on on some of the hoops you have to to jump through to to get that done and get the state of Illinois thing in the middle and and also uh, tied into that kind of is changing uniforms that's kind of a multi-year project isn't it yeah you have to do that in advance um, and come up with you know um, some thoughts so that you know, we work with Nike. Nike's our uh, gear provider. And so you have to work, you know, far in advance to, to get that on the production schedule and and uh, the different color coordinations and things like that. And, yeah, the, the field, you know, this, I don't know, this is I don't know, fourth or fifth, third, fourth or fifth field I've, I've seen. Right. And, you know, every – you have to – now, you know, it used to be they painted uh, – the it was all green and you painted everything. And then you figured out you could uh, – just insert the color, different color of turf, you know, mm-hmm. into that. And and so uh, this is where the football staff has a big input on, you know, what they want, you know, in that in that turf. I think it has, you know, family, that which is a, a big uh, point of emphasis for this staff. And uh, Zupke Field, I think, is going to be in. There's a Big Ten logo on it. The the, the, the big Illinois in the middle has to, has to uh, meet Big Ten and NCAA regulations in terms of the the – the yard marker yard lines that go across the field and so that when they spot the ball and things like that and so yeah there's there's a lot of thought put into that before it's uh, before it's produced and made if somebody wanted a chunk of the old turf is that possible you think well we're still looking at that we saved uh, a big chunk a, a portion of the middle part of the old turf and we're working with some uh, looking at some different options um, you know we, we wanted we want to try to do something, but we want to do. So- There's companies that do that. They they break up, they tear up, and or cut up the turf and and, and sell it. But we want to do something that we're not going to lose money on. We have right. to we either have to make some money or or break even on it. And so, 
Uh, we've got people who are talking to the different companies. You know, we're going to be doing the same thing with the basketball court um, in the fall. It'll, we'll have a new uh, court to lay down. So they'll keep the, this court in place through the summer. Uh, and then in September, I think, is when there's going to be a new court come in. So there will be a new, you know, we'll design and come up with some different ideas. And, and then they're going to try to do this, the similar thing, working different options, looking to try to, to make it available for fans to buy per, uh, purchase parts of it. When was that done last? How, how, what's the shelf life of you a know, basketball, basketball court? I think it's about 10 years is as it? well. Yeah, those courts last. And you can you can resurface those and but you can only uh, sand them down so many times, right, before, before you lose it. And, and, and the, the amount of times that you take apart and, and put back those panels, you know, pieces get broken and they get chipped and, uh, and things like that. So it's, it was just that time to replace that as well. How's the project going over at Ubbin? How, how close is the team getting into being in there? Well, it's going to open in phases. And so right now the basketball staff is – uh, their offices are over at the old football offices where the last staff that was there was Lovey and those guys. And so they're working out of there, and, and the team's working over at ARC. Uh, but they are going to be moving uh, this summer, I think, back to State Farm Center to work out this summer. The women have been in State Farm Center most of this year. That was the part of Ubbin that got the first teardown and, and all the, everything got moved out was the women's side. And then as soon as the season was over, the men's side, they, they took the men's court out and all that stuff. And so um, it looks like the court, the courts, both courts, both women's and men's courts, will be in place um, this fall. And so uh, the team will probably be practicing. They may keep their locker rooms and stuff. They're, they have a locker room over at, over at uh, the old football locker room right now. They've split that up. And so they may keep their locker room over there as well. But they'll be starting practicing at Ubbin this, this fall. Um, and then they'll keep working on the rest of the part. So it'll be done in phases. I think November is probably uh, when everything will be done, the offices and the weight room and the training, all that stuff will be completed, but it's, it's kind of done in phases. Ken, I'm told that uh, Big Ten presidents and chancellors are visiting the Big Ten office this week as, as a group. Uh, do you know what that's about? You know, this is the time of year where they all have annual meetings, and, uh, and I'm sure – I'm sure that one of the first things on the agenda will be the television packages, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. Some of those high high level um, decisions and and information that they can that they have. And they would be the voters on alignment, wouldn't they? I mean, it would come probably down. probably. I know the ads. I'm sure have a big say in that as mm-hmm. well. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's probably a, a university vote versus a an individual vote, and um, so the, you know. There's a there's a lot of things there's a, you know as well as I do there's so many moving parts in our world in the college athletics world these days, you know with the future of the CFP the football playoff the the and you just met this week with Roger Denny about a lot of the mm-hmm. different expenses with yeah. the uh, um, the fifty nine eighty uh, academic payment from the Supreme Court yeah six thousand dollars for every player and some walk ons yeah. as of the fall right that's just a a gift, basically, of money being, that was being, you know, being uh, three million bucks that you have to come up with. But <laughs> so there's a lot of those things that are coming in, and and it's it's a great opportunity for that group, that leadership group on each campus, to get together and, and make sure they're hearing it from the the, the commissioner and, and others that exactly what's going on and where they're at. Because um, what do you see in alignment? What what uh, I know, Josh. Basically, the only thing I've heard him say is he wants to see no more than one change. He doesn't want to 
change this year and then change three years from now. When the I would agree with that. I mean, we've all seen it. it's really difficult. You know, we went through the legends and leaders, and then we switched it to east and west. And and when they added a couple of school, you know, the the east coast schools, and mm-hmm. um, I I would think that uh, um, you know that I'm. I haven't been part of those conversations, so it's really hard to know exactly what the reasoning is going in behind all that stuff and, and where they're going to end up. But college football playoffs is going to be a big part of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, if that expands, Every, how does that change? And, um, you know, there's, hey, who knows where we're going to be at five years from now, ten years from now, because well, what we're, you know, there's things you're seeing out there and reading all kinds of stuff about breakaways for football and all kinds of conference you know there's just there's just a lot of stuff happening that it's going to be a changing landscape for for a long time i think you've been in the sports information business how many years now <laughs> well this this next season will be my 32nd at illinois and yeah. i had four at kansas state so 36 years uh, in it. so you kind of you kind of joined lauren and me and being a little long in the tooth and in <laughs> yeah. In the kind of work we do, but your job has changed a little bit over the years, has it? Especially yeah, lately. It's just you know, it's amazing. Uh, I was thinking about this. You know, it's when I started, there was a couple of assistant SIDs, on, and there was a director and a couple of assistant SIDs on staff, and and you know now there's some of these staffs are you know six, seven, eight, nine people. Um, uh, the the requirements for each of the olympic sports has continued to grow and so the social media impact on all our staffs and now we have a social media but the sports info staff is still uh uh you know expected to uh, create a lot of the content that goes on a lot of those uh things um you know the the internet uh, media right we talk about this all the time derek birch and i we we shake our head about you know where we were at not that long ago, 15 years ago, when every major town in the Chicago, in the state of Illinois had a beat writer right. who followed us all over the place, and and uh, we went through the through the different reporters, and it was you know we had 15 or 17 beat people who every week was at our press conferences and our games, and that's just not the way it is anymore. And so it's changed so much. It's got you know the, the internet. You talk to Jeremy, you know there's there's a whole industry for that, and we have really have four of those that follow us on a regular basis um so yeah and then the social like i said the social media thing is it's a it's a monster that's really hard to get your hands around and and we all look at it right we all look at it and it's fleeting it goes so fast right. it comes and it goes and but it's it's a great way to get real-time information and know what's going on in a lot of places Ten we're talking to Kent brown if you have any questions about u of i Stuff, as I called it earlier, <laughs> that covers a lot of ground. Give us a call, 217-356-9397. We'll take a break and be back with more with Kent after this. Stay with us. It is 1046 <laughs> as we continue on Illini Pellet Saturday Sports Talk. Hey, Illini fans, if you're out and about today or anytime soon, though, you should take the opportunity to head down to Game Day Spirits Green Street location all summer long and shop their awesome selection of Fighting Illini merchandise. While you're there, check out their buy one, get one free t-shirt designs, as well as their full Nike section there. Take advantage of their Thursday deals, 20% off select sweatshirts and or buy one, get one 50% off on hats. That's coming up every Thursday. You need a new hat? Oh, yeah. Game Day Spirit. (laughs) Anything to cover my head. Comes up on Thursdays this summer at the corner of 6th and Green in Campus Town. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. You also see Game Day Spirit outside 
Memorial Stadium in Grange Grove during football games at State Farm Center all around campus. And speaking of football games, five times have been established on games. You've got a Thursday night game, a Friday night game, mid-afternoon Saturday games. It's um, no longer do we have the one o'clock start. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's, been, that's gone for a long time, a real long time. And um, you know what they found was um, the 11 a.m. Uh, is, a, is a very good, is a strong uh, ratings time. The um, the two and three o'clock in the middle of the afternoons still you know that's that's preferable for our fans I think is is the the middle of the afternoon, um, you know we open at you know at Indiana on a, well we have a the three o'clock game against Wyoming to open the season right. week zero and then uh, Big Ten opens at Indiana on a Friday night, then the Chattanooga weekend that's a Thursday night game that's our Hall of Fame weekend so yeah it's um. Uh, you gotta you gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention to the game times. By, nope. the, by the way, you mentioned Hall of Fame. Is that they're gonna be coming out soon? The, yeah, the, be the, looking that? on uh, Monday. Monday's gonna be our announcement. Uh, you know, one of the things that happens every players? year. How many players? We have athletes? fifteen athletes, uh, former athletes and coaches and administrators who are going in this class. Uh, one of the things that Josh uh, looks forward to most is making those phone calls to the families and the Hall of Famers, and. Uh, this year, there's just some delays and making sure we got all those done. So finally, this week, that that all got he got caught up in all the phone calls, and so uh, we'll be pushing that out on Monday. And then they they're invited back when? So that week, the Chattanooga weekend, I think it's September 21, 22. That that weekend, they'll come in and we'll uh, recognize them at the football game, and then have the induction ceremony on that Friday night, and um, show them a good time here on campus and. Uh, it's a great group again. I mean, every year, that's one of the, the real highlights of of our year because, uh, you know, when we started this, this is only the sixth class. And so we had 130 years of athletes, you know, worth of coaches, athletes, and administrators and stuff to, to catch up with. And um, so there's always some unbelievable names. It's unbelievable. Is there anything <laughs> unique who, about this particular group uh, in terms of – well, I think you're going to see. This is the 50th year of the title of the sign of passage of Title IX, which okay. was obviously so be some a women. big deal. So there, there will be a majority of women mm-hmm. uh, make up this class, and uh, some people who have, you know, we've already got some incredible women in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's that's, but uh, more than half will, will be some additional to that, and and we've got a big event planned for um, th- this fall as well with uh, Sheila Johnson, uh, an Illinois grad who's. Uh, uh, part owner of three different professional f- franchises and uh, a billionaire in her own right and very successful. And she was a cheerleader, cheer squad member here back when she was in school. And so she's going to come back and be our keynote speaker for a, a women's summit that we've got scheduled in uh, early September. And so those invites are going to be going out. And going to uh, get Teresa back? Well, she's we're inviting her. You know, we're going to talk to Grinz. her. Yeah. Um, you know, she just went into the uh, Naismith Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're working on new banners at the State Farm Center. Uh, we're running out of space up there. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, uh, we'll, we've got some, uh, some banners that are going up. Uh, Kofi's got one going up. We've got a Big Ten championship banner going up. Teresa being now, in the wait, uh, now, normally you have to wait a few years before your banner goes up, but Kofi's going up right now. Well, if, he, you know, if we can get him back, I mean, it's, it's, okay. you know, it's really going to be based on his schedule. Hey, we can get him back. Might as well do it now. He's going to be up there. Absolutely. And, um, and so we'll, hopefully this season we can get him back for a game and make that happen. So we're going to have to – 
I was going to say, what's your plan there? We're going to scrunch those banners. We gotta, yeah. So we're going to redesign them all and, and redo the whole thing. Really? And yeah. Well, it, it just, we run out of space. And so we're going to have to make them more narrow so that we can get more banners up there. So <laughs> it's a good problem to have. I hope we have to keep adding them. Lauren would just say, build a new arena and <laughs> <laughs> build a bigger one with space. <laughs> well, we're looking at, you know, I, I don't, you know, shoot, I mean, we looked at all kinds of options when we renovated the building and we found that was still the best place for the banners. Um, and um, so anyway, we've got to figure out a way to make those things a little this tighter. This is way off the, but uh, why aren't we having more play shows at the uh, United Center than, I mean, State, I mean, State Farm at, Center? At State Farm Center than we <laughs> used to have. I, you know, that's a great question for John Marquardt, who's the director know, over there. But, you know, I, I think that everybody is still um, reacting and getting back on the road from the COVID shutdowns. And, mm -hmm. and so... It seems um, kind of. It seemed like there used to be shows all the time, and yeah. now it's, they're infrequent. I, I think they're working. You know, I know they're talking to people uh, and getting them back here. It's just a matter of a lot of the shows. It's you know they want to go outside venues or they want the bigger venues, and and they're they're. It's just a process of getting them scheduled in. I know they're working on them. I mean, they, that's that's a high priority for that building because for two years basically there was very little other than our basketball games there. You had a little time off recently. Have you got any more scheduled? Uh, yeah, any more I guess, knees scheduled? I, I no, guess, I'm going uh, to do another knee. I'm I, five weeks into my knee replacement. and uh, I, I guess that's yeah. time off, right? <laughs> yeah, although I was working every day. Sure. It seemed like I took about four, three or four or five days of, and just kind of ignored my uh, computer. And then I was spending about half my day trying to keep up with everything while doing right. my in-home exercises and therapy and things like that to get back. So I'm moving around pretty good. Still got a little stiffness, but uh, I feel really good about that progress. And, yeah, uh, later in July, I'm going to uh, – my family, we're going to Montana. I have a brother that lives in Bozeman, Montana. We're going to go out for a week, and my uh, wife and I are going to try to get away, maybe Nashville at some point. We, we've been talking about that. and um, so Better get her done because <laughs> – It'll be over. I know. I look, you know, it's uh, – here we are in June. When's the Big Ten meetings in July? I mean, July 26th and okay. 27th, I think, are the two dates. And so everything kind of has to be done by then, right? And uh, and then off we go. So it'll be it'll be here before we know it. I was talking to our mutual friend the other day at the golf course, Andy Dixon. <laughs> Champagne, uh, great high school player and, of course, played at Wyoming. Let's just say legend. Let's yeah. say legend, yeah. Yeah, he is a legend. Just ask him. No, no. A lot of people would say that, but uh, uh, a fullback, running back type, and played at Wyoming. So I said, "So how are you feeling about that opener?" He said, "I will have two pieces of clothing on for sure." No, really. <laughs> but a lot of friends coming in from Wyoming. That's so what he, he said. He's got a bunch of rooms booked over at the I Hotel already. That's what he said. Yeah. So it, it, that'll be tough on him probably. Well, you know, I mean, it's, he's, he's a long-time equipment long manager, uh, long-time Illini staffer. He, he grew up in Champaign, uh, but he played there, and there's certainly you know he's connected to that. So good for him. That'll be a fun. That'll be a fun maybe uh, to see all his friends that are coming in for that. I'm sure they're all hitting him up. So now that'd be a good game. That'd be a good test for us to start the season. They they had a good season last year, and but they had a big changeover, yeah. right? They had a lot of yeah, turnover yeah, on that team. Yeah, big so, turnover there. So we won't know a lot about them before we before they get here. Moving up on 10.55, we'll take one final break and be back with some final words after this. Stay with us. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock 
Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. The Lanai Fella 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Fellaofchampaign.com. A couple of minutes left here on this edition of the Lanai Fella Saturday Sports Talk. Congratulations to a mutual friend of ours. We had him on a couple weeks ago in anticipation of his retirement. Dan Roan officially hung it up at WGN after 38 years there. And you were reminiscing, uh, Ken Brown, about uh, him covering uh, at what Hammond basketball back in the day. Yeah, well, you know, you always have a soft spot, you know, for the local folks who then you start seeing it in a much bigger market yeah. like that. And and Dan uh, certainly cut his teeth in Champagne at Channel 3. And I do remember him covering our games in high school when I was a player and, and a student and um, got to know him. And he came back and did games, did Illinois basketball games yep. uh, with you, I think. He did. He? Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, over the years, and, and Dan's such a good person. I, I ran into him one day in the bleachers at Wrigley Field just going in for a game. He was just up there to watch a game, you know, and had a great – he's just such a, a friendly uh, – did not have a huge ego, did not have anything. was very approachable. And by the and, way, uh, terrific golfer. Great I mean, golfer. Like really good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the last game, the Iowa game here, um, he was on his – Loyola had played that – day in st louis in the valley and on their way back to chicago he called said hey we're on our way back and i think we can come to your game can you find a spot for us and so we got steve as camera guy and, and dan sat next to me there down the floor by where we sit yeah. right and you know at the end of the game it got a little we could see what was starting to transpire with all the fans coming down and it was going to be kind of nutty because our area was right where they were going to go <laughs> best advice i ever got was from you <laughs> well, stay I, where you're at yeah and i told dan i said dan you're kind of hanging out yeah. here on the side you're going to have to move be prepared to where you're going to go and says what if i just step up in front of the score table i said that's perfect and as soon as that game ended he stepped up in front of the score table and you saw the, with the the bench area was just trampled. All those chairs were trampled over. We just kind of stayed where we were at. Everybody went around us, but it was it was a little hairy for about 30 seconds or a minute there. I saw shoes, cell phones, <laughs> clothing, all nice. kinds of stuff laid around after that. Can't we appreciate your time as always? Hey, I always enjoy talking to you guys and uh, have a great weekend, great weather. I believe I drove through uh, town, Urbana, and everybody was out at the market today and it was you know just a just a nice day beautiful weather thanks to our guests shauna green jeremy werner michael tulip and of course kent brown thanks to uh, dave leak for helping us ed bond for overseeing things mr tate thanks for being yourself <laughs> well one quick thing i asked dan Rowe what he was going to miss the most he said checking twitter every day <laughs> so i'm not going to check it every day good for him wdws 93.9 fm champaign urbana Steve Kelly, have a good weekend, everybody.